This is a Crib Room podcast. Bringing you industry news, views and happenings. Hello and welcome to another Crib Room podcast. It's Glenn Wilson with you and we'll be joined in just a few moments by Graham McGarry from Beacon Minerals. He's the Managing Director. 7,596 ounces of gold produced in their last quarter. Gold recoveries are about 90.3% achieved and ore stockpiles of 626,000 tonnes containing 23,000 ounces. Gold sales for their quarter, 4,443 ounces at an average sale price of $2,987 an ounce for sale receipts of $13.27 million. We have several topics to cover off with Graham, including the Gecko acquisition, something that they've picked up not too far away from their own acquisition and it's caused a a little bit of massaging and also we'll be talking about the overall view of the Geordie Gold Project and also Beacon Minerals after their quarterly, which also really revealed some of their more detailed figures for the annual report, which is due very soon. Our guest, Graham McGarry, Managing Director of Beacon Minerals. With us today is Graeme McGarry, who is the Managing Director for Beacon Minerals and Beacon Minerals on the ASX code BCN. Graeme, a very good opportunity to talk to you again. Welcome along to our podcast. Yeah, thanks very much, Glenn, for the opportunity to speak and uh, obviously uh, keen to get our story across to our West Australian investors. Now, I want to find out a little bit more about your record year because your quarterly was released very recently and it had some really good numbers on you. I suppose it really solidifies where you've been going as an organisation. Yeah, that's correct, uh, Glenn. A good quarter. Uh, the answers were steady. There was nothing uh, exciting there and we were above our revised upwards guidance. Uh, we did rec- uh, mill a record tonnes, 850,000 tonnes, compared to the previous year, 790. We would have gone a bit higher, except we had an unusual rainfall event in June. Uh, I think we had in total about 40 millimetres across two days, and that's unusual for the winter in this area. So it would have been uh, uh, would have gone a little bit higher. The other point is we had very good recoveries. The recoveries averaged uh, 90% above the feasibility study of 85. So a good result. Uh, very happy with that. The mine grade was down a bit. The panel four underperformed against uh, our, the grade that we thought it would go based on our drilling. It was a bit under. So our project answers or production answers were, were uh, below for, for the quarter. The grade was down and that's evident. In terms of our uh, pre-feasibility study, though, the answers that we, the whole project answers will be virtually on target and that'll be released uh, at the end of December. You've been pretty consistent when it comes to your gold produced, haven't you? Around uh, 29,770 ounces for FY22. Back that up with FY23 of 29,110 ounces. Well, it is a, a factory. Uh, it just churns out ounces and the ounces get converted into dollars and the dollars pay the bills. <laughs> So that's how we operate. Pretty simple process. It's a pretty simple business and we have good people on site. We've, uh, Jeff Grenell designed a, a very workable plant. We've got plenty of water and we've got uh, a large tailings area for the future. So we're set up very well to, get, to move forward or as they keep saying, moving forward these days. Well, we're moving forward. Uh, perhaps it's not as quick as some people would like us, but I accept that. Tell us about Panel 4. It's caused you a uh, a little bit of... I suppose, under performance across the site? 
Yeah, no, panel four was down in terms of the answers we expected out of panel four. Panel two and panel four join up, but panel four, which is the most northwesterly panel, didn't deliver the gold, but overall we will still get the uh, targeted pre-feasibility answers. So, uh, and obviously costs have gone up, but so has the gold price. I think the gold price is scooting ahead of the costs at the moment. Now, from your PFS, you've achieved that. You've looked very good in line with your PFS. Does that sort of continue for you into the next financial year? Oh, yes. No, we'll still be milling. Uh, we've got large stockpiles. Uh, I think we recorded 300,000 tonnes at the end of June belonging to the Lost Dog Project, and we have 320,000 tonnes at the Gecko Project. And we started cu- cutting uh, the Gecko stockpiled tonnes in the middle of July using local contractor MLG. And they're just going along steady. And we'll start blending that ore in next week sometime when we've got sufficient stockpile. So we have uh, 23,000 ounces in stockpiles, which is a pretty good start to the financial year. There's been a little bit of an impact on tax uh, and fully frank dividends. Just tell us a little bit about how that's all worked together. Well, people that understand the Income Tax Act and how it works will understand that we did uh, have some ounces that we hold in the books at the end of June. Uh, and didn't sell them until July. That's quite legitimate action, and we held them in the books at um, at cost and deferred the uh, the profit into the next year. We do pay income tax, and I think in the quarter we paid $2.2 million of income tax in the quarter, but it does allow us to pay fully frank dividends, so we're quite uh, quite relaxed about that side. But we're allowed legally to manage our cash flows to get the maximum result for shareholders. Graham, when it comes to your guidance, uh, you haven't quite released an update to your guidance yet. When will we know further on that? Well, the, the guidance is is actually finalised, but we can't release it at the moment because we do have a hiccup with native title on uh, miscellaneous licence uh, that we've applied for to pump water from Gecko to Geordie. Two previous operators failed at Gecko because of the volume of water. It affected the... Ground control, they had virtually nowhere to go with the water. They tried evaporation ponds, uh, and it was a difficult job. In our case, we're 16 kilometres away, and we were able to pump the water to what we call Panel 3, which is now complete, and store. we can store all the water that's currently in the pit in Panel 3, plus out of that we would use 60 litres a second, and, and, and it would be a good outcome for all. But the problem is that we applied for this tenement in December 22, we made an offer to the native title claimants. Uh, they're not the registered claimants yet, but they are the claimants, and we've had several meetings with them in February 23. And it's disappointing to date. We're now almost in September, and we still have no response from our offer. And I think we're getting to the point where we may have... Well, we're saying something publicly now, so people know that our guidance has held up because and we had planned to start at Gecko on the 1st of October, and we need uh, this miscellaneous licence sorted, otherwise we'll go to McPherson's or Lady Ida. Well, the new mineral resource, which was for the gecko deposit, is 1,378,000 tonne at 1.3 gold a tonne and uh, 57 ounces of gold. So that is where your exploration update released the MRE for gecko. But uh, your next stages, as you mentioned there, are being held up at this particular point in time. Yes, that's correct, Glenn, and uh, it should have been approved by now. The offer should have been accepted or, or rejected or counter-offered, and it was four times more than what you would normally expect. We have two miscellaneous licences that are held up by this and uh, not very happy about it at all, actually. 
Graham, when it comes to Gecko and just moving into that next part of our conversation, you're planning in-pit grade controlled drilling. But from the uh, exploration drilling that we've had around the region over the last 18 months or so, we're starting to see that rigs are becoming available. There was quite a demand um, previously, but you've also had your own drigs out, uh, drill rigs out recently as well. Yes, the drill rig has completed some work out in the jo- on the Geordie project. Uh, if it hasn't completed, it's about to complete. Local driller, Chris Potts, um, and, and we support local business. But... We felt their market was overheated last year. We didn't. We did a certain amount of drilling, and uh, the whole industry was overheated last year. The assay labs, the drillers. So now we're coming back to reality, and for people like ourselves that are very conscious of costs, um, I think the market's turned uh, favourably. I mean, these people still have to make money. I've got no problems with that, and and we've got to be reasonable. But the local boys have done well, and that's great. But now they've got to come back more to the market. Graham, what can we expect from some of that drilling happening in various different parts? Are you able to tell us where those rigs will be or what they're up to? No, I, you know, when we'll release the drilling results uh, when, when we do our quarterly report. If they're spectacular, they'll come out before. But we haven't got the assay results anyway, so I couldn't give you the results. Okay. You've continued to maintain presence in Timor-Leste. We've got the submission date not far away, 8th of September 2023. Can you give us any updates further to what was released in your quarterly in regards to Timor-Leste and the Beacon interests? Yes, well, Beacon have have had a a presence in Timor-Leste since uh, 2021, August 2021. We've employed a geologist there, a lady, and she's a resident. Well, and uh, we have lodged applications for six concession areas each area is about 50 square kilometers um, and this was only after our pre-qualification tender was accepted we have an Australian geologist a senior Australian geologist up there at the moment working with uh, Cisco or Francisca uh, they had the weekend off and they're out in the field again this week and then the Australian geologist will come back and write a report for the board and we will then await hopefully the tenders will seriously close on the 8th of September and then by the end of September, we'll know whether we've been successful or not. When can we start talking about the ground up there at Timor Leste, Graham? Can we find out a little bit more about what is up there that intrigues you, or do we have to wait until that submission goes through? No, you'll have to wait. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> the um, recent support from Beacon Minerals into the local community, and you've been very passionate when we've spoken to you about ensuring that the locals are looked after, but that has continued recently and it's taken a bit of an uptick. The Coolgardie Rodeo, which has just been on on the back of the weekend that we have this discussion, there's been the Coolgardie Cup as well that Beacon Minerals are supporting, plus the Red Desert Race. This is a great way to see Beacon Minerals active in our local communities, and in particular the communities that help support Beacon Minerals through the Shire of Coolgardie. So uh, we have a community fund which the board have just allocated a sum of money. Darren Gaby, Rennie Leo and senior staff on site manage the distribution. They, they review the people who are showing interest. And we have donated money recently to the Coolgardie Rodeo, which I understand was very successful on the weekend, and I know some of our people were there, so I'll find out a bit later today how it went. We contributed to Coolgardie Cup Day. And I'd like to make particular mention of the Red Desert races. I did go out to the inaugural one, I think it was three years ago, and and I looked around, and I'm not into uh, that type of thing, but it is a part of the uh, community fabric. It's a part of our community in, in the eastern Goldfields, not just Kalgoorlie or Boulder or Coolgardie. So I see the effort that, that some of these local people put in to make the Red Desert race a successful, and now I understand it's just grown so many legs. It's a credit to those those uh, local business people, and that's why we have a, 
have strong support for the locals. I just see these these chaps, I, I could mention their names, it's probably not appropriate because I'll forget a name or miss a name, but I just see these chaps and, and, and their wives and, and they make a tremendous effort. Uh, and I, I, I think Kalgoorlie, Boulder, Coolgardie is unique because these people just give their time and effort to make a success and it's a great, great event. I know there's issues uh, with dust and, and uh, vision and all that, but they'll re- reinvent what they're doing and make it a success. So congratulations to all those involved who put the effort in. Uh, another thing that uh, you've had as well in the, in the recent times is Diggers and Dealers has been in Kalgoorlie Baldy. had a contingent on site who had a look around at proceedings. It's uh, something that's pretty rare for Beacon Minerals, but when it happens, it's a great insight for those people who would like to find a little bit more out about your operations. Well, we had a chap from Sydney, a big investor, and another one from Melbourne, and they went out there. That was their first trip to a mine, but they have invested in Beacon, and we had several local people, uh, and, and it was a great few hours and um, they, we sat down and had a talk and these people asked questions and give their views on you know what particularly on things like hedging we hear their views so we take the opportunity to hear what how they see it out at the site so hopefully they enjoyed it and they left with a positive uh, view on Beacon's operations at Geordie. Recently, Euros Hartley put out a bit of a report. Four out of 20 for cash generation, Graham. It must be a little bit of a tick for you as well. And obviously, you're fourth on the list. I know where you'd prefer to be. You'd prefer to be first. But um, it's still obviously getting starting to get the name out of Beacon Minerals into some of the big stocks. Yeah, well, Euros Hartley's uh, put out a quarterly review of the gold industry. And we're, we're one of 20 that they reviewed. And, and in terms of cash generator per ounce or margin per ounce, we ran fourth in a field which included West African Resources and Perseus, which obviously finished in front of us. They were in Africa on very good mines and they had a good margin. And I forget there was a local company was in front of us and then we ran fourth. So, uh, you know, we're here to make a run a profitable business and pay our bills uh, and regularly uh, on time or ahead of time if we can. And also, we have to look after our shareholders. So um, we look forward to reviewing our dividend policy again in the next two months. Uh, and I can't comment on that at this stage, but um, we have alluded to the fact we're paying tax, and tax allows us to pay fully frank dividends. Interesting note as part of your corporate update from your quarterly as well, just uh, in those last couple of lines, is that you continue to monitor those returns, as you just mentioned, for shareholders as well, but also share consolidation. Can you give us any further details on that? Look, look, the board uh, is not divided, uh, but there is a strong view from one of the directors that he would like to see con- consolidation take place. But then again, one of our visitors to the Geordie mine site was opposed to a consolidation. So it's a very vexed issue, but I think that Beacon's got to drag itself out of the penny dreadful class in terms of the price of its shares. And I favour a consolidation, but it's got to be done in the right circumstances. We have a strategic plan to manage the consolidation, and, and for it to be uh, beneficial to shareholders. So I think that's not going to happen this year. Realistically, it might happen in the back of half of 2024. Graeme, you've been very busy in the last six weeks or so in regards to an acquisition for Beacon Minerals, and this is the Lady Ida project. Can you give us some further details here? Because everything was pretty smooth sailing in your particular opinion, and then all of a sudden the, the brakes were on this one and there was a bit of a pivot needed for both Beacon and also for those parties who took on Lady Ida. Can you give us a bit of an update for our shareholders? Yes, I sure can. Uh, Lady Ida has been a subject of litigation between ourselves and and the owners of the tenement since 
uh, May 2011, before we got involved in Beacon. So we won the case three times in the Warden's Court and we're due to go to another Supreme Court in May, but the uh, current owners of the tenement or, or the, the enlightened management of Orobanda approached us in February to see if we could settle the matter and, and an agreement was reached and then we sought guidance from the Australian Stock Exchange as to how we would manage the transaction. They gave us a page and a half and about four critical points. Um, we went ahead on the back of that guidance and we did what they told us to do and now we're just realistically addressing how uh, the Lady Ida Asset, which is now owned by my family, Jeff's family, and uh, my son-in-law, Michael Thompson. So we're, we're going to address that, but I'm sure it'll be an, uh, the right outcome for all shareholders. Managing Director of Beacon Minerals, Graham McGarry. Thanks for joining us on another Crib Room podcast. Thanks to Beacon Minerals, and you can find out all the details at beaconminerals.com.au. This is an Industry Link Media podcast. The Crib Room series of podcasts are produced by Industry Link Media. Subscribe to podcasts via your audio platform and via industrylinkmedia.com. This is a Crib Room Podcast.